0: When I was um, a kid, when I was in upper elementary school and, and in middle school, um, my favorite thing to do um, was ride a bike. Um, it probably had to do with the fact that I didn't have a device, you know, all the time in my hand, you know. Um, that's not a dig, by the way. My kids have them too. So, um, but um, my favorite thing that I did growing up was, was ride a bike. And I remember when I was in like upper elementary, um, I, I got a, an awesome... Looking blue and gray and silver mongoose bike. You guys know what a mongoose bike is? Yeah, they're, they're kind of back now. There was a period of time. I don't think you could find them, but they're back now. And man, I, like that was awesome. I thought that thing was great. And I, I was, we were living in Orlando at the time. And uh, me and my buddies, we rode all over the place. Um, Back in that day, you could actually do that. And so we rode our bikes just about everywhere. And one of the things that was really cool is um, our house was situated right next to an orange grove. And um, this orange grove, was it was kind of like an abandoned lot. And our sidewalk in front of our house ended right at the edge of that abandoned lot. And and so me and my buddies, um, we took shovels and we dug out this pit right at the end of that, that, uh, sidewalk that kind of was supposed to go once a house was built there. And I think now there is a house there. Um, was supposed to kind of keep going along. We dug out a big pit at the end of that. And, um, we got some plywood, um, and we got some two by fours and we built a ramp. Um, and we had some fun with our BMX mongoose bikes we were X Games before X Games was X Games, okay? Like, we thought we were cool, and so we would jump over this pit, and every time um, all of us made it to the other side, we'd dig it out a little further and a little further and a little further until we got to the point where, like, we didn't make it, and that was always really fun. Um, We had a blast. Um, We would dig out forts um, kind of in the ground there, and we'd take Old Rotten oranges, and we 'd have orange fights. This is what you do when there 's no snow, okay, like some of you that are from up north, and uh, we 'd get hit with these rotten gross oranges, and i 'd come over back to the house, and my mom would just say, "Stay outside. You are not coming in like that i 'm going to hose you off, and then we 'll figure things out from there and um, that was my favorite thing to do was to ride that bike all around. Um, uh, my house and the neighborhood around my house and we'd go down and get ice cream. It was a lot of fun. But, you know, when I was five, when I was a lot younger, my dad taught me how to ride a bike. And a lot of you who are parents, you've gone through this. We went through this recently with Sydney and Sean. And uh, dads, you know the deal and moms, you do too. Like you hold the back of the bike, right? And, and you, let them, you let them go and you let him get like stable and then there's a point in time when you push off on the back of the bike and you let him go, right? It's always a little Nerve wracking, isn't it? I'm a helicopter parent, so like this kind of stuff is nerve wracking. My wife, like, just she is awesome at this. Nothing makes her nervous, but I'm the guy that in our family is like, oh, you know, wait a minute, be careful. And so with both of our kids, I experienced this, but I think I had flashbacks to when I was five because I remember the Saturday, my dad was home from a business trip, and I remember the Saturday when he he let go. And I took that bike. And I was like, all right, I'm by myself finally, and I'm, I'm staying up, I'm not falling down. And, and so after about five or 10 minutes, I decided I can start turning the handlebars like that as I'm riding, I'm like this is really cool. And I would zigzag like back and forth, and my, you know I was leaning over and stopping and leaning over, and I got better and better at it as the day went on. I kept moving those handlebars back and forth, and I was flying until I hit the gap in the sidewalk. And my front tire hit the gap, and I went feet overhead about two or three times, and I landed right on my forehead, right on the concrete. And I don't remember anything before or after that event, but my dad says, my head swelled up, there's a little bit of blood, and they took off to the hospital with me in the back seat. The only thing I remember is my dad going, count to 10 again, count to 20, say your ABCs, come on, I need you to think, I need you to think, think, I want you to think, stay alert, Todd, stay alert. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm in the back of this thing. What is going on? And then all of a sudden, I realize, man, I've got a really bad headache. And then all of a sudden, I realize I have just crashed my bike. And now that I think about it, that might explain a lot about me. But anyway, (laughs) that bike was intended. It was given to me on my birthday from my dad for me And his intent for me on that bike was that I would ride it in a safe way. I would utilize it and understand the lessons that he taught me about riding a bike and keeping balance in a way that I could enjoy the bike. And that I'm sure as a dad, just like I am now, he could live vicariously through me and remember his youth. Because dads, we do that, don't we? And like that was his goal in that. And I took that bike, and as soon as I could, I started making it all about me. Man, I wanted to be cool. I wanted to, like, see how I could do all these tricks. And I was completely uncoordinated. And obviously, I couldn't do it. It was all about me. And I wonder, I wonder sometimes if, just like my dad, giving me something that he intended for my good, if you and I do the same exact thing with the gifts that God has given us. He has given each one of you, he's given each one of us a unique design, and he's given us a unique design for a specific purpose. But I wonder sometimes if we don't take what he's given us and we use it for our own good, and in doing so, when it becomes all about us, the way that he has shaped us, becomes so self-centered it becomes all about us we begin to get egotistical about the gifts and the abilities that God has given us and all of a sudden what he meant for good we are taken and we are changing that we're twisting it we're making it all about us We're in week two of this series called Shape. Um, Let's get your shape on. No, it's not a physical fitness message. Okay, that may come some other time. But this is all about you and I finding out how God has uniquely shaped us to be on mission to serve him. And shape is an acrostic that a guy by the name of Rick Warren came up with years ago at Saddleback Church out in California. And he came up with this acrostic, and it stands for this. It's the S is spiritual gifts. The H is heart, which is passion. The P is personality. I've uh, missed the A, didn't I? <laughs> I can't spell today. The A is abilities, and the P is personality, and the E is experience. Spiritual gifts, heart or passion, abilities, personality, and experience. And God has u- shape, uniquely shaped each one of you in a way that's different than anyone else with spiritual gifts, with heart, with abilities, with personality, and even experience. Even some of you who are young, you have an experience that God can use for his good. And we'll find out today a little bit more about that. Last week, we learned that he has shaped us, that he created us, that he designed us. And we found out that um, really, like, there's this tendency for people in the church to do one of two things, and they're both extremes. Here, here's how this goes. Um, a, a lot of you, come to church and you're like, man, all I want to do is serve the church. All I want to do is serve, serve, serve. And I don't really care about my spiritual growth. And then some of you come to church and all you want to do is grow, 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 and you really don't ever utilize um, the result of that growth or the fruit of that growth. And I I challenged you last week that um, discovering your unique design, your unique shape happens when you make a commitment to grow in your faith journey and have a willingness to serve God with your life. Like once you have both of those wheels on the track, then you can find your unique shape. Then you won't get burnt out because all you're doing is serving. Then you won't get puffed up with pride because all you're doing is growing. It's a both and situation. And you and I, those of you who are here today who call yourselves Christ followers, it's imperative if we wanna find our unique shape, if we wanna find out how God has uniquely designed us, how he's uniquely created us, we have to first and foremost be committed to growing in our faith journey and serving God with our life. And over the course of these next few weeks, you're going to have the opportunity to sign up for life groups that are going to be starting after Labor Day. Um, we're going to have an event in here the last two weeks of August uh, right behind me in backstage right after the service is over. I'm going to preach a little bit shorter message that day. Everybody say, All right, okay? So, anyway, and then you can go back here and you can find ministry areas that you can serve in and you can find groups that you can grow in, okay? And so we want to help you do that. But, The other thing that we're going to encourage you to do, and this is actually going to be launching next week, there is actually a shape profile that we are creating that gels right in with our database, and that is going to be made live next Sunday. We've got a few things that we're working on that we want to make sure that everything is uh, in, in the right place, and so we're going to launch that next week. It goes live next Sunday, August 16th. You can go to hiltonheadislandcc.org and take take an assessment that will help you understand what are your top three spiritual gifts. What um, what is your heart? What is your passion? What are your abilities? What is your personality? Um, What is your experience and, and how God has shaped you really will help you find the best area of ministry for you. And so we want to help you with that. And that's going to go right in our database. We're very excited about that. More information on that next week. But today, for today, we're going to bounce around in Scripture quite a bit in the New Testament. Uh, normally, we go to one passage and we just kind of really dig deep in one passage. But today, we're going to be in a lot of different places. If you have your Bibles, you can follow. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 4. If you don't, all the verses, all the passages will be on the screen. But last week was foundational. This week, we're going to answer one question that will lead us to answer a second question. Here's how this is going to go. Today, what we're going to do is we are going to discover why we serve. Why do we serve? I mean, I think if we're going to go through five weeks of understanding our shape and how it relates to us serving, I think we have to go back to that basic question of why we serve. And I think as we answer that today, I think you're going to understand then the second question, and that is what we serve. Uh, We're going to answer those two questions today, why we serve and what do we serve. And I think that if we understand that, even though it's kind of like a values-based message, um, I think that we're going to understand Um, what God's intent is for his people. I think we're going to understand what his intent was when he designed each of us with a unique shape to serve him and he and his church. And so we're going to take a look at that today. What is God's intent for our unique shape in life? We're going to go back to Ephesians chapter 4 where we take a look at this passage that we began with last week. And I want you to take a look at two verses this is our springboard from today, and we're going to define what God's intent was from a 40,000-foot view, kind of from an umbrella view, and then we're going to dig deep and take a look at how that applies, uh, maybe in a, a second and third layer. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, this is the Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. This is what he says. I love this. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, and by the way, all of those represent a spiritual gift. That's not all-inclusive. There are a lot of spiritual gifts, but those are the ones that he mentions there. Verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. To equip... The Saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Now I want to give definitions. So if you are into this kind of thing, the original language and that kind of thing, you're going to like this, because we're going to talk about about four or five of these words and phrases here, and, and where the original language came from this is very interesting for some of you. For others, you don't care, but that's okay, you're going to hear. Okay, so first of all is equip. To equip the saints. The word "equip in the original language literally means to fit someone with purpose to fit someone with purpose. Paul is saying that it is our job as as a leadership, those are the kind of those different um, gifts that he mentioned, the evangelists and prophets and apostles and shepherds and teachers, those are kind of like the gifting that would lend itself towards leadership in a church. It is our job to help you have a specific fit for your service. It's our job to help encourage you and stir up. Now, it's your job to go, like, do it and find out about it, but it's our job to help stir up the idea that you would seek out what your shape is. The word equip means to fit someone with purpose. The second word I want you to look at is Saints. Now, when we think of saints, most of us, if you grew up, um, especially if you grew up in maybe a Catholic environment, um, most of you think of saints as those like church fathers that have gone before, you know, St. Matthew and Mark and Paul and uh, Francis and so on and so forth. Um, Some of you may have that view of saints, but I want to tell you that all throughout Scripture, all throughout the New Testament and God's word, when you see the word saints, you know what it refers to? It refers to all of you here who have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. It refers literally the word means in the original language god people or people of god. People that have accepted Jesus as their savior and their god followers. That's what it's talking about. He's talking about the people that make up the church. And so that's the word saint. So we're supposed to fit with purpose those who are a part of the church. Third is the word work. And we're going to come to this back to this several times. It's a Greek word. It's ergon which literally means this. It means to um, accomplish a a duty or an obligation or to, to take on an undertaking. Like there is some kind of duty that is in front of you or obligation that's in front of you and you decide to take it on. That's what Paul's talking about there. That's work. That's what work means in this context. The next word is ministry. It's work that's done by a person or group that benefits another person. And then finally, um, building up, literally, the word, it's a word picture that Paul used, the word in the original language, literally meant to, means to build, like you're building a house or a building. And so Paul's overarching theme in this is this, that we are supposed to find our fit, our shape. We're supposed to encourage other Christ followers to do the same thing for the purpose of the duty that God's called us to, and in doing that, we are literally putting together or building up what? What are the last three words in that verse? The body of Christ. The word body literally means the whole organism, the whole thing, and so our job, when we find our shape, is to direct our service to building up the body of Christ. That's the overarching principle. That's kind of the the greater cause, if you will, is the church. But I want to peel back the layers a little bit more. And I think we find three more specific reasons why we serve when we really peel back the layers. What does it mean to serve the church with our shape? Well, first and foremost, we serve for the glory of God we serve for God's glory first and foremost. Like our role as, as a Christ follower, your role as a Christ follower, my role of a, as a Christ follower is that we serve for him so that he receives the glory. Back in Acts, in chapter 13, Luke is writing about the first church, and he writes about a group of people um, that were gathered together in the church, and it was in Antioch. It was this little um, village where the church did a lot of training to send the first missionaries out, and we see here in Acts 13, one of the first waves of missionaries that went out. Uh, take a look at, at what he writes here in Acts 13. He says, now that we're in the church at Antioch, prophets and teachers, again, those are two of the gifts, of spiritual gifts, Barnabas. Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mananem, a, t- a long, lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, that's a very influential person, and Saul. And while they were worshiping in church, the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to the church, set apart for the work which I have called them Barnabas and Saul. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. And then verse 3 says, Then after fasting and praying they laid on hands and they sent them off. And we have the first missionaries going out to spread the gospel to a new place. And the word that I want to focus on there is set apart. The Holy Spirit instructed God's Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit next month for four weeks. The Holy Spirit instructed the leaders of the church in Antioch to set apart, that word literally means in the original language, it means to like pick out of or to be chosen or marked. And the whole concept here is as if an important person were to pick from a group of people or things, the most important thing. Now, this is not meant to be exclusive in nature. Because if you're a Christ follower, if you're a saint, if you're a person of God, then you are set apart for a specific purpose. You're set apart for a specific thing. You're set apart for the purpose of giving God the glory with your life and what you do with the service that he has for you. Um, Yesterday, we had some guys, um, some people actually, not just men, sorry ladies, um, who gathered together at the Boys and Girls Club. And uh, the Boys and Girls Club of, of Hilton Head Island donated their playground um, to us. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? So we're going to have our first playground in the history of this church. Um, and we, um, they, they donated it to us, but we needed some people to, to go over and, and help take it apart so that we could bring it here. And then in a few weeks, um, we're going to find the best place that we can put that and prepare it and, and put it together so that we have a playground. It's going to be awesome. And we're excited about that. But we needed some people to help out. And a bunch of people gathered together at the Boys and Girls Club um, to serve the church. But um, they weren't just serving Hilton Head Island Community Church. If you were a part of this, you weren't serving just Hilton Head Island Community Church. You weren't just serving our kids. You, you weren't doing this um, for me as the lead pastor or, or for our elders. Uh, the goal when we serve is to serve so that he gets the glory. How in the world does a playground give God the glory? Well, if it draws more kids here and helps us communicate the message of Jesus Christ to a student and they accept Jesus as their Savior, then he gets the glory for that, doesn't he? He receives the glory for that. It's for his glory, but there's another thing that our service is about and our shape is about, and it's not only to serve for God's glory, but it's to serve God's people. It's to serve God's people. Um, It's very clear from Scripture, if you read through the New Testament, that our shape is intended to benefit the body of Christ. It's intended to benefit the body of Christ. Um, Hebrews talks, the, the author of Hebrews talks about this in Hebrews 6, verse 10. He says this, I love this. This ought to be an encouragement to some of you who are serving. For God is not unjust, so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving The what? You can say it. You can say it out loud. In serving the what? Saints. Those are the believers, right? We already discussed that. It's the same word for work as we looked at in Ephesians. It's the same word for saints as we looked at in Ephesians. We are created and we're shaped for a unique purpose to give God the glory but also to serve each other. That happens primarily on Sunday morning. It happens in life groups. It happens throughout the week, but it primarily happens on Sunday morning. Um, we have hundreds of volunteers who serve, um, really, most of them serve like once or twice a month, either um, you know, helping out in the parking lot or back in, in Island Kids um, and with a production here, our band. Um, we have people that come early and, and make the coffee that you and I, I admit it, we so desperately need early in the morning on Sunday morning. But imagine if one Sunday you showed up and none of our volunteers showed up. Imagine what might happen. A few years ago, I was told the story of a church that did this on purpose. Their leadership team came together and they decided, hey, um, in a few weeks, we're going to tell all of our volunteers not to show up for church. (laughs) Like none of the volunteers were supposed to show up for church. They wanted to make an impact in the church because they didn't have enough people serving. And so the pastor and the leadership team decided we're we're not going to tell anybody, but we're not going to have anyone serving. Can you imagine what would happen if you pulled into the parking lot and there weren't any people parking out there? Parents of infants, can you imagine if there wasn't like someone back there helping change diapers and island kids? That would be bad, wouldn't it? Like here's your kid back, right? Yeah. I had him. I get it. Okay. Like I understand how bad that might be. Can you imagine if you showed up and there wasn't coffee? I mean, that would be terrible, right? That's worse than the diaper thing. Anyway, so like what would happen if there wasn't a band, if there wasn't production, what would happen? What happened in this church was the staff that was there that day said, I'm sorry, um, we don't have enough volunteers today, so we won't be having church. But if you would like to help us in the future because we need help, you can sign up to serve your church and they had a lot of people sign up. Aren't you glad that I'm telling you this story? <laughs> what would happen if every volunteer here didn't understand why they served and therefore didn't show up? Things would be chaotic. They would be chaotic. God intended for you and I to serve. And I'm glad that we have chosen not to go that route. (laughs) But church, let's not let that happen, right? Let's not let that happen. Let's each one of us do our part. Let's find our place to grow. Let's find our shape. And let's get involved in the life of this church. Not for me, not because I ask you to. Not because summer is desperate for people in island kids. And Cooper would like to have more people to help out on Sunday morning. By the way, at 9.30, um, we had an area of the garage that we quickly renovated with what we had. Uh, all we had to add was an air conditioner over there. And so today, for the first time, we had a middle school life group that met during the first service. My daughter was in there and Cooper just told me that it was packed, they ran out of room. Isn't that awesome? Middle schoolers on Sunday now can meet together to learn more about God's Word and His love for them. It's awesome. And it takes all of us involved. It takes all of us understanding our place. We serve for God's glory. We serve for each other. But thirdly, and probably like, like most important to the mission of the gospel, is that we serve the world. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew I, I love this in Matthew chapter 5. I mentioned it last week. He says this in verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And I love this. You are the light of the world, verse 14 says. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but they put it on a stand so that it gives light to all of the house. In verse 16, he says, In that same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You see, our mission is to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ. That's that's how we serve the world. And to lead people to follow him, that's how we serve each other. That's our mission. It's God's mission. It's not Hilton Head Island Community Church's mission. We've just taken it from what God told us to do as a church. Made it a little modern. Put it to words. But it should be what we all are about. If you're here today and you call this your church home, if you're a part or a member, we'll talk about membership next week, if you're a part of Hilton Head Island Community Church, if you have been attending here for a while, it's so important that you understand not only that you need to grow and you need to serve, you need to find your shape, but you need to understand why we serve and what we serve. And if I can put it into one phrase, one word, one kind of like bottom line, it would be that God's intent for our unique design is to bring him glory, to benefit those who already believe, and to be a catalyst for those who do not yet believe. That's it. That's it. It really is that simple. That's why we serve, and that's what we serve. We serve God. We serve each other, and we serve the world around us. And I want to talk to to those of you who are here today and you're not serving and you come on a week in and week out basis. My point is not to chastise at all. Please, please hear me on that. But my point is to challenge you, to challenge you to find your unique shape, to find out how God has gifted you and to get involved because to not do that is not to your detriment. It is to the detriment of the body of Christ. Each one of you has a gift and a talent and an ability to share with the body of Christ. And when you don't do that, you don't suffer. The body of Christ suffers, God's kingdom suffers but when you understand why you serve and who it is you're serving, you can throw off any kind of selfish ambition and you can serve with a pure heart, understanding why you were created to serve, for God's glory, for each other, and for the world around us. Listen, when you find your shape, it's gonna be beneficial in your home. It is. You can use your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, your experience to like be a better mom or dad, Um, or to be a better brother or sister, um, it'll help you in your home life. Students, it'll help you at school. Like, you'll have a better year because you've understood how God has created you. And and I don't want to dismiss the side benefit of that. Uh, Those of you who are in the business world, like, you know, you can find your shape and and it may help you have, you know, upward mobility in whatever business you're a part of, or maybe additional income. And those are all, like, side benefits. They're they're, um, byproducts of understanding how God has gifted you. But if all we're doing this for is ourselves, if all we're doing is doing it because we want to be better, then we're missing the very reason that God shaped us in the first place. And that's to bring them glory, to serve each other, and to serve the world around us. I hope that you'll continue To journey with us over these next few weeks and find your place find your spot in ministry here at hilton head island community church would you pray with me today father god thank you so much for your word and god we thank you so much that you've shaped each one of us we learned that last week uniquely as as your word says we're fearfully and wonderfully created and god i just thank you that each one of us has a purpose and a reason for not just being on this earth, but God, also for being here at this church. And God, I pray over these next few moments that you would help those who are part of this church, this body of Christ, this body of yours, that you would help each one of us to understand why we serve, for your glory, for each other, and for the world around us. And God, that we would not take that lightly, that we would take that seriously. God, help us to Throw off any kind of selfish ambition that may lead to turf wars, that may lead to insecurities. God, that may lead to us um, being prideful about what you have done um, with us. God, I admit that happens to me sometimes. And help us, Father God, just to throw off that selfish ambition and to serve you wholeheartedly with purity because we understand exactly why serve. God, I pray that you would help those who are here today that um, they really have never jumped in to serve because they've never had a clear understanding of why they serve. And God, I pray that you would just make that absolutely crystal clear in their hearts. And God, I pray right now for those who walked in this room today, and perhaps they um, were brought here with a friend or came with a friend or brought here by someone, and they have never put their faith in you for eternity. If you're here today and um, you don't know exactly what might happen tomorrow or even today, if God forbid you, um, your life ended, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have eternity in heaven with God by putting your trust or belief in the son that God sent to die for your sins and for my sins. Bible says that God can't even look upon sin. And so in and of our own self, we don't have it. But God does. And he sent Jesus to die. And when the Bible says if we will believe in him, that we will have eternal life. So today if you're here and you've never made the decision to trust in Jesus to be your personal Savior, I want to invite you. I want to challenge you. To pray this prayer, you can pray it silently to God. It's not the, words aren't magical. It's not really the words. It's really about the intent of your heart. It's a prayer that goes something like this. God, thank you for making me and for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me. Today, I put my trust in you, Jesus. understand that I can't have eternity with you in heaven by myself and today I believe in Jesus if you prayed that simple prayer with me right now you just prayed it to God with every head bowed and every eye closed I'm just going to ask you to look up at me for a moment look up at me awesome, awesome, awesome anyone else this morning that prayed that prayer awesome I want to encourage you who prayed that prayer this morning. Um, there's a the bottom of that folder that you have, that worship folder that you have when you walked in today. There's a place for you to give us your name, email, phone number. Let us know of your decision to trust in Jesus today. Father God, thank you for those who put their faith in you today. God, help each one of us to find our place, to find our shape. And God, just to be open to and be willing to serve you in the way that you have made us. Help us to not be selfish and to not be ambitious about it, but to do it wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.